On this episode of Your Fave Mavs Fan, I'm going to give you some game recaps. Uh, we're going to talk about the Philly game and the game against Miami. I'm going to talk a little bit about the new uh, labor rules and what it means for like accolades and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to address some comments that Kyrie made after a game that got misconstrued. Imagine that. Um, we'll talk about the standings. Um, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, round it out with some good stuff. Um, with our one and only Dirk Nowitzki. No, he's not here, if only, but we'll talk about him and uh, about his Hall of Fame induction. So thank you so much for joining me, and let's get into it. Thank you again so much for joining me here on Your Fave Mavs Fan. I appreciate all of you that reached out to me and told me that you like it. And uh, thank you guys so much for those of you that subscribed on YouTube and on Spotify. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, and I can't wait to connect further as I record more episodes. Okay, so first thing I want to talk about today is the comments that Kyrie made after the Philadelphia game and how they were misreported and misconstrued a little bit and what the context actually was. So uh, Kyrie used some choice words. He called, basically the question was that he was asked about uh, playoff chances at this point in, in time with where they are in the standings and everything like that. And he quote unquote said that it is a cluster F, a cluster fudge, if you will. Oh, let's not knock over my camera. <laughs> my bad I got really mad apparently <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah so that it's a, a Twitter handle unnamed Twitter handle posted that that was his comment about the season as a whole when the context of the question was how are you feeling about you know chances of making the playoffs at this point and uh, that's when Kyrie said it was a cluster F uh, not about his situation in Dallas. I, you know, I personally don't listen to the national media when it comes to stuff like this. I listen to the local media. So, you know, Mavs podcasts and Mavs reporters that I follow on Twitter and uh, just online in general. And they immediately, once that was posted on Twitter, they came right back saying, no, 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 no. You know, Callie Kaplan came right out and was just like, this was the context. Don't get it twisted. So I just wanted to address that in case, you know, you're kind of a, a passive uh, Mavs fan and you heard those comments. You probably were like, oh, Kyrie thinks it's a cluster F down in Dallas. And that's not the case. Um, really have only heard good things about him as a teammate, you know, from the rest of the Mavs organization. So I have no reason to believe that the team as a whole is a cluster F. I think there's certainly problems. I would not call it a cluster F, but uh, the fact that they are in 11th and have lost too many games in a row at this point in the season is just very unfortunate. Anyways, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Next thing I want to address is um, a little bit about the, uh, the new uh, labor rules that have come out. So the main thing is that you know the NBA and the Players Association agreed to a minimum number of games played for individual accolades. 
So that's, you know, MVP and, uh, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, that kind of thing. And they've agreed that 65 out of 82 games need to be played in order to be uh, a contender for those those awards. And I haven't decided how I feel about it yet. Uh, I think it's good in terms of, like, see, I go back and forth a lot. I'm going back and forth in my head right now about it, that there's some players in the NBA Luca, who carry more weight on their team than the rest of the NBA, than a lot of players in the rest of the NBA. And so when people talk about load management, I think of Luca immediately because if you look at his past stats, he's playing 40 plus minutes a game and there's really not a lot of other players that are averaging 40 plus minutes every single game, every single game. So while I don't think he's necessarily sat out for load management specifically, he has sat out to you know, maybe an extra game to recover from injury. And I think that's fair because he does carry a huge load for the team. So I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. And I'm sure there's going to be some controversy once that becomes, you know, goes into law per se. And so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see how players, you know, feel about it afterward. I know obviously the Players Association went into it. Uh, one thing that I would like to mention that I saw on Twitter from Mark Followill. Uh, if you don't follow him, he's at M Followill, and he is one of the announcers for the Mavs on Valley Sports Southwest and also on the Take That With You podcast. Highly recommend. Uh, he tweeted, this is interesting because for as long as I can remember, you have to play in 70% of the games. 70% is 58 of 62, or sorry, 58 of 82 games to be eligible for the league stat leaders. So in the future, someone can play 63 games and win the scoring title, but isn't eligible to win MVP. That would be weird. So that's something to think about, something I wouldn't have thought about if it wasn't for Follow Will. So I just wanted to share that, kind of get your brain going on it too. Uh, yeah, let me know down in the comments on YouTube or... Uh, you can send me a DM on Twitter or anything uh, and let me know what you think about these new rules. I'd love to, to hear back from you guys. Okay, so now let's get into the last two games. So I'm recording this on Saturday night right after the Miami game. So I wanted to talk about the Philadelphia game um, on Wednesday, March 29th. Before we get into the Miami game, I definitely want to talk about Miami as well. Um, just a couple stats. From the evening, Mavs were shooting 45.8% from the field, 39.1% uh, from three-point range. Uh, they had 32 defensive rebounds, which is the same that, as Philadelphia had. And they had eight offensive rebounds and 11 for Philly. So they lost the rebounding battle, but only by like two, three. <laughs> Math. It's late. Okay, it's late. Um, so can't really point to the rebounds as much on here uh but the fact that philadelphia got more offensive rebounds means they got more chance for second chance points and that hurt us for sure we shot 14 of 18 from the free throw line luca Kyrie, and thj uh all high scorers for that game luca with 24 10 rebounds eight assists Kyrie, 23 points Six rebounds, five assists, and THJ with 
21 points. Uh, Kyrie and Luca both shooting 45 to 47%, uh, and then both 42 and 44, respectively, from three-point range. So it wasn't a terrible night offensively, but as we have, you know, <laughs> we've come to believe and notice as Mavs fans, as the clever ones that we are, defense is a problem. Defense is a huge problem. So that was not fixed. Um, they came out fighting. They were leading for most of the game, so that was pretty exciting. Um, it was a it was a fun game to watch, and I know we as Mavs fans have uh, I've been hearing a lot more about oh watching the Mavs is such a chore, and I get it, I do, I get it. Hmm, it's just really sad <laughs> that they really were leading, and it was a really good game for a long time. And then they just lost it in the fourth, unfortunately. You know, one great standout play was uh, Josh Green's four-point play at the end of the first. I was really hoping that that would give him a little extra confidence boost for the rest of the game. But I don't think he scored after that. Or if he did, it was not by much. He maybe ended the game with six points, and that was a four-point play. So he did hit that free throw after making that three uh, at the buzzer at the end of the first but it just didn't push through to the rest of the game. Mr. Electricity seems to be fizzling out a little bit here towards the end of the season. Sucks to see that for him. I wish there was more I could say on it. It just really sucks to see, see that happen uh, over the course of, of this year because I was really hoping, once again, you know, we, if we made the playoffs, I was really hoping to see how him stepping up during the regular season was going to help them step up in the playoffs. Uh, but we'll see if that even happens. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, a couple notable plays uh, or notable things that I think really uh, cost them the win towards the end was Maxi's hesitancy to shoot the three in the fourth. There were He had so many opportunities, and I wish he would just knock them down or at least give it a shot. Uh, the couple times he just made some not-so-smart moves. And I just want Maxi to give me that call, man. Come on, man. Just take the shot. Take the shot. So many times. Maxi, take the shot. Um, it's what I would be yelling around uh, in my living room. Reggie was also off from three. He was one of eight from three and uh, three of ten field goal for the whole game. If Reggie just made a couple more of those threes, Mavs would have won the game easily. So it's just a super bummer that he just had a horrible game. Uh, from long range. A couple of missed calls towards the end of the game. JaVale had a missed call on him. Uh, a goaltend that wasn't a goaltend. He touched it before it hit the backboard, but they either they'd used their challenge or a kid didn't want to use his challenge at that point. Uh, so that gave two points to the Sixers that they should not have had. <sighs> Refs. Meh. Yeah, and then there was another play on uh, Maxi that was missed, or a, a call called a foul called on Maxi that was missed uh, towards the end of the game as well. Uh, another notable play or notable player was Hardy that had kind of a rough game. He got his pocket picked a ton, and just didn't he didn't shoot as well this time. He was still fifty percent from three, but two of seven from the field as a whole not great and another thing that i'm sure a lot of people 
are sick of talking about is Christian Wood only played 12 minutes. He only played 12 minutes. He got nine points in those 12 minutes, which isn't terribly efficient, but it's not horribly efficient either. I just don't know what his role is on this team. Uh, I don't know why he and Kidd haven't clicked. I had really high hopes, and I just don't see it playing out right now, and I don't see him on the team this offseason. But we'll get to more speculation about that. Once the season's actually ended, it's not over till it's over. I'm a huge proponent of it's not over till it's over. I will be optimistic until the bitter end because that's just who I am about this team. Oh, and they were just picking on Maxi the whole game. Like, what was that about? Maxi got hit in the face. He got uh, knocked to the ground. Luckily, a, fl a flagrant foul was called on that play. But you could see Luca was about to get his 16th tech there by yelling at the ref until they finally called it a flagrant foul. And honestly, if Luca got his 16th tech for defending Maxi on a bad like a no call, if that ended up being a no call, I would have been okay with that. <laughs> you know, it's nice to see. I mean, Maxi and Luca have been playing together for the last five years. And so they have, you know, they're friends and they have good chemistry together. And it was just kind of nice to see Luca like defending him instead of just yapping at the refs about something that happened to him. That it was like, if you don't call this on my teammate, you're freaking dumb. Um, he probably used a little more choice words than that. But, you know, it was it was nice to see if that was his 16 tech. I would have been okay with that. But unfortunately, Mads lose that one to Philly, 116-108. Uh, okay, moving on to the game against Miami, which is on the night that I'm recording this, April 1st uh, on Saturday. And... This was a game of horrible first quarter and then trying to make up for it for the rest of the game. And unfortunately for the Mavs, it did not work out this time. Final score was 129-122. So they got it pretty close, but it just wasn't enough. In the first quarter, they gave up 44 points. First quarter, they gave up 44 points. They themselves scored 31 and for those of you that can do quick math, that's a nice 13-point uh, deficit to start the game. Uh, the rest of the game, they scored pretty close to each other. Uh, they actually won uh, the second and third quarter and then lost the fourth quarter by one point. And yeah, so it just wasn't enough. Tim Hardaway Jr. came out swinging in the first quarter. He hit, how many threes did he hit? Like three? I think he hit three in the first quarter. And... Uh, you know, Hart mentioned there's no place like home, so Miami is where Timmy grew up because his dad played for the Heat there, and his dad's Jersey, Jersey, Jersey is retired <laughs> in Miami, and yeah, so Tim Hardaway has had historically great nights in Miami, and tonight was also one of them. He shot 73% uh, from the field, six of ten from three. And it was, it felt like he couldn't miss for a while and then he would miss. And you're like, God damn it, he's human. Fuck. <laughs> oh, well. Um, another tough game for Josh Green. Another tough game for Jaden Hardy. Not great uh, 
stats on either end from them. Uh, turnovers were pretty tough in this game, too. At the end of the half, Dallas had 10 turnovers. Miami only had four. So there were plenty of uh, second-chance points that they gave to Miami that they shouldn't have. Something else that was really notable about this game was the fouls. And uh, Mavs ended the game with 23 fouls, and Miami only ended the game with 16 fouls. That's way too many, uh, especially when Miami is a really good free-throw free shooting percentage team. Uh, it just, yeah, it doesn't work out nicely. A lot of that happened in the first, which is, you know, I think they scored nine points off of free throws in the first quarter. And we were down by, what was it, like 16, 13, 13 in the fourth. So majority of those could have been, if they, they just, they got to play defense without fouling. And they're just not having a good, good run with that and it sucks they don't know who they are defensively and I, I think it's too late to find out I want to be positive about it but at the end they've got four games left five games left they need to win them all to be at 500 for the season I'm not sure the last time we had a 500 or a losing record maybe it was uh, Luca's rookie year, but it's just not what we expected this season for sure. Anyways, back to the Miami game. Your high scorers again were Luca, Kyrie, and Tim Hardaway. Like we said, Tim Hardaway was on one, and it was beautiful to see. It just unfortunately was not enough, especially uh, down the stretch towards the end of the game. Uh, Luca with 42, Kyrie with 23, Tim Hardaway with 31 points to finish the game. And those were the only three Mavs in double figures. Uh, the closest was Christian Wood with eight. Um, their offense wasn't the issue, obviously. They were shooting 61% from the field, which is really, really good. That was better than what they were doing in Philly. And uh, they were shooting 41% from the three-point line for the game. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough. They, they let them have too many points, especially in the first. And they needed to get more stops that they just weren't getting. Or if they did get the stops, they turned it over like immediately after that. There was a bad pass by Maxi that like, what were you trying to do? Like he passed it straight into Kyrie's foot. Like make it a bounce pass or make it like a chess pass. I don't <laughs> come on. Come on. And uh yeah, Mavs aren't there's no way mathematically that the Mavs can have a winning season this season. And it's really depressing, and it makes me just want to take all my hair, put it in my hood, pull my hood over my head, and pull the strings and just stay like this forever. That's how I feel right now. For those of you on the audio broadcast, I pulled the strings on my hoodie so that you can literally only see my nose and my mouth. Because that's how I feel about the end of the season. This is not what I was expecting. Oh, but alas. Here we are. Here we are. So, that being said, let's get into the third portion of this episode. And talk about the standings and what's to come for the Dallas Mavericks. And then talk about Dirk Nowitzki.
All right, so let's get into where the Mavs are in the standings and what's to come here. So they are still sitting at 11th with their fourth loss in a row. They're behind OKC, the Lakers, the Pelicans, and Minnesota, who are all in the 7 through 10 spot right now. They're a full game now behind OKC. Even if they tie with OKC, they don't have the tiebreaker with them. So we need Oklahoma to lose a bunch of games, and then we need to win our last games. And, you know, we're right above Utah. We're only a half game above Utah. Uh, then we get into Portland and San Antonio and Houston, which we don't need to talk about. But the fact that we're running with those with that crowd is very depressing at this moment. It, like I said, makes me want to crawl up inside my hood and uh, live there forever. <laughs> but I won't. I am here and we're talking Mavs. So that's kind of where we are here. We've got uh, what games do we have coming up next? So tomorrow we play Atlanta and after that it is playing the Kings at home on Wednesday the 5th playing the Bulls at home on Friday the 7th, and then the Spurs at home on Sunday the 9th, and that is the last game of the season. So we got four left. We have to win them all. We have to win them all. That's just how it is. There's uh, no sugarcoating this. We need to win them so that we can at least finish the season with a 500 record, and the fact that that's our goal now, well, it's my goal for them is to at least be 500 as that's really unfortunate that that's the goal that I want for them. But it is because uh, I don't want them to have a losing season. That's just really depressing and I don't think they deserve that. I, But at the same time, you know, they have been undercoached and uh, they haven't worked on their defense like they did last year. I understand there's a lot of movement, a lot more movement, a lot more, uh, you know, heavyweight movement on the roster, but the roster is not constructed as well as we want it to. Uh, oh, one thing I didn't mention about the Miami game is JaVale didn't play at all. Not a single minute from JaVale McGee. And he had at least been doing like five to eight to ten minutes. Um, I'm wondering if we had him in, if that would have helped our defense at all, uh, especially around the rim and in the paint. But alas, we will never know. We will never know. Okay, let's end this on a more positive note, and that is the GOAT, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, will be a, inducted into the Hall of Fame, the NBA Naismith Hall of Fame. Basketball Hall of Fame. I guess it's not NBA, but Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And after, you know, 14 times as an NBA All-Star, he was, you know, the 20, uh, 2006, 2007 league MVP. He's obviously won the championship and was championship MVP in 2011. What a wonderful time that was that we can just reminisce about. I actually have the games on DVDs if I want to. I might actually rewatch those. Uh during like the first round of the playoffs, depending on how things go, just to make myself feel better um, and see see Jason Kidd in a different light than as uh, you know as a a point guard and not uh, coaching our team into demise. 
But one thing that's super cool uh, that is like kind of weird at the same time is that he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame in the same class as Dwayne Wade. <laughs> and we all know that Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki never been friends. That's okay. They didn't have to be friends. And uh, just their parallels of, you know, in 2006, Dwayne Wade and the Heat beat the Mavs in the finals. Then in 2011, the Mavs got their revenge on the Heat and Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, they both retired in the same year of 2019. And now they're being inducted into the Hall of Fame in the same year. And uh, I just thought that was fun. It doesn't really mean anything at all. It's just a, a thing I wanted to mention that I thought was cool and coincidental. Uh, that stuff all takes place in August. So I forget the date. I want to say it's like August 11th or something around there. Uh, yeah, so got to get through the summer before I can celebrate that completely. But uh, just so we all knew it was coming. We all knew it was coming as the Mavs fans for life that we are. But it's just so exciting to actually see it officially and in writing and just so happy for him. It's so, so well deserved and can't wait to watch him get inducted uh, to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode, whether it was on YouTube or Spotify. If you haven't already, please hit the follow button on uh, Spotify and then the subscribe button on YouTube. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know how you're feeling about this team and you know maybe what your future predictions are. Uh, let me know if you feel like the season's over, if you're done, if you're like not even paying attention anymore, or if you're into it till the better end, just like me. I want to know that especially. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can also follow me on Twitter at your fave Mavs fan. I live tweet the uh, the games when I can, uh, and then I'm also on Instagram at your fave dot Mavs fan. So again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Follow me on Spotify at your fave Mavs fan on YouTube at your fave Mavs fan on Twitter at your fave Mavs fan and then Instagram at your fave dot Mavs fan. Please leave a comment. Uh, send me a DM. Um, I'd love to connect with you guys. And thank you again so much for tuning into this episode. And let's see how the rest of the season goes. Bye, y'all.